I'm your host, Big Ron Partlow. We got Dusty Hanshaw and our producer Scott McNally. And remember, like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. And we got to remind everybody the show sponsored by Mutant. They uh, support the show and take care of Dusty and me and Scott for all the hard work that Scott does. And uh, remember, you can always go on immutant.com and use your code BigRon20 or Dusty20. There you go. Either one of those will work. Get you a little bit of a deal. Makes us look like we're valuable to the company. Yada, yada, yada. Right? Okay. I've been, I've been sending Ron. So I've been following enough bike tricks, flatlanders, yeah. that they come up now in my uh, suggested. Oh, no. Whatever the hell right it's called. Right next to the sluts. Hot sluts yeah, so, and flatlanders. It's, that's literally it. I mean, hot sluts, random dude in his underwear, flatlanders. That's what I got <laughs> in there. And I, uh, so I send them over to Ron, but now he's to the point in that industry. He knows them. Oh, oh. that's my boy so-and-so. Oh, I'm like, oh. I'm thinking I'm finding or something. I was like, look at this. Right. Yeah. 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 I filmed that. I was there that day. <laughs> no, he sent me a clip and I'm like, oh, that's, that's my buddy Frank from Germany. Yeah. Yeah. I had steak with him when I was at FIBO, you know? But and I mean, the, like so, so Scott, clip. this guy was doing, you'll understand this because you don't know bikes. Yeah. And I don't know bikes. He was literally doing these tricks hard enough and fast enough that you could see his tire tracks staying on the ground. There were circles of black everywhere. You're kidding me. As he was yeah, doing yeah. it, I was I'm like, look at the tracks. I didn't even think that yeah, was a thing. I didn't know that was a yeah, thing. Yeah, they spin so they spin so tight that like they wear they, they go through tires and like they'll put new tires on every couple months because they just they just come off on the pavement. Huh. You know? Because they're 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 spinning in such tight circles now that it just rips the tires apart. They're not rolling straight lines like they used to, you know? Huh. It's like it's everything's crazy. So yeah, yeah I was it's a lot impressed of fun. by that. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to talk. We got to talk about. Uh, I just got back from Dallas, and I got to say, um, my client Mike Harrison. Big shout out to my client Mike Harrison. He has Iron Asylum Gym of Texas on nice. Instagram. Oh, the yes. Iron Asylum Gym of Texas, huge facility. I'd love to get out there. He gave me a whole bunch of shirts. This is just one of them, Lone Star Lifters, and um, he gave me a stack like this high, and then he gave me another stack for Dusty. Nice. Get out. So I'll be bringing you a bunch of cool T-shirts. They're all the real nice next level, like the next level ones that, you know what I mean, that we like. I'll bring you a bunch. Yeah, that's awesome. And and I didn't take it too personally, but there's like mine and then Dusty's were one X larger. (laughs) (laughs) He knows I'm taller than you. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's it. So, uh, so yeah. Congrats, and um, and I got to congratulate also my client Mike on on a great show. He came home with three medals. He got a first and two seconds in his three categories, and it was a lot of fun. Hell yeah, um, that's cool. So it, it was it was kind of crazy because I've been working with him for like a year. It seems right. I don't know. I lose track of how much time, and um, and then when. You know, uh, Stephen Didashak was like, oh, I'm going to do Tampa and Dallas. I was like, okay. And then it wasn't until like, I don't know, it was like a month out. I realized Mike's show was the same show. <laughs> oh, like, Because I didn't really think it was a pro-am. I just thought it was like Texas Pro and then Mike was doing some amateur show. Like, yeah. Because, you know, there's so many shows in Texas. There's like 30 a year. And, um, and I realized the same show. So it was awesome. So I got to like, I text him. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be there. You know, he kind of, it was cool. So I got to meet him and everything. And 
that pro show man was awesome what did you it guys was. think from where you were well I, I had a great seat in my couch and uh <clears throat> i had a great view of instagram no i thought it was phenomenal i felt like the level of competition in the open was absurd i mean absolutely absurd and good to see some freaks coming up i mean I, i'm looking at the winner i don't know what his real name is but andrew jacked what yeah. everyone's talking saying his name is but he i mean he's a threat for the top six at the olympia he looks pretty because he wasn't all the way dialed in and i'm thinking holy shit if i mean if he dials it all the way down he's gonna piss on some parades for sure yeah what do you think scott I didn't watch a lot of it. Uh, I saw some pictures. I did see Andrew Jacked. And then just from a personal perspective, I got to see uh, Jordan Janowitz make his pro debut, which was really cool. I I knew Jordan like since before he like put it this way before I knew him since I was bigger than he was like we were (laughs) I was working for the 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 I, I say the pop company. You know, from Detroit, Michigan. Here we say pop. Yeah, I think yeah, you guys pop, say that yeah. too, right? Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. Bottle pop. Yeah. Yeah. So no. I worked for the pop company. No. He worked for this grocery store, and I remember coming in there, and I was like, "Hey, you're a bodybuilder, aren't you?" And he was like, "Hey, you're a bodybuilder, aren't you?" So we kind of had this bond. But you know, at the <laughs> time, I think he he was doing like the Michigan Natural, and then he ended up cleaning up there, and he moved on, and he just kept getting bigger and bigger. And the coolest thing, and I know you guys can relate to this, being you know, bodybuilders who really appreciated like the Ronnie uh, branch era. He loved branch Warren, like coming up, yep. you would see him training in the gym. Jordan was always strong, but he was like throwing weights around like branch, making noise like branch him and his training partner. You would think they were like emulating them. Right. Right. And uh, that, that was like his thing. And now I'm hearing people say like, Oh, he's like a, he's like a modern day branch Warren with that conditioning, you know? So there's that. Yeah. But so he's he down there. He got to train at, uh, Metroflex, and I saw his wife made this post that they were. He said, uh, she said that we were walking out of the gym, and the owner came running out after us, Brian Dobson, so yeah. that he could he could pray with Jordan about the contest. And I'm telling you, like, even if you're not a religious person, if you're like a Branch Warren fan, to have like basically that's like having like a the Pope, his own personal I mean? preacher, his own the, the Pope, basically like praying with him for the show. So I can only imagine uh, how he felt getting to do that contest. So just like a personal note, I was really pumped to see that come together. And he tried for a long time. Like he was a guy that you almost started thinking like, yeah, he might not, he might not ever get that pro card. He's been so close right. so many times Yeah, and now look at him. So that was very satisfying to me. Well, Agreed. I I uh, walked up to Jordan backstage and and introduced myself. Said, "Man, I follow you on Instagram. I think you're a freak. Like it's it's good to see you here." And um, and he goes, "Oh, I really appreciate that, Ron. I love the show." And that's cool. And 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 I said, "Well, shit, we have to get him on the show now." Right. On. So, uh, um, you know, that would definitely be awesome. But um, I, I have so much to say about the the Texas Pro. I I don't know if you guys even want to hear it all, or of if course. it even belongs in the show. Like, I. The Texas it's a lot Pro of talk or, about bodybuilding, though. I thought we were trying to limit that. I know, I know. You know, okay, I, I guess this I, um, episode, fuck it. Just this one? I I was reminded by by being there at the show. I mean, I am every time. I am, I'm always like this. But it was just, like, really cool. I, I'm still a huge fan of bodybuilding. 
And it's why I still love to be at the events and be around everybody. And I'm in like an ultra happy, super positive mood the entire time I'm at the show. Um, it's just a really great place to be and all the people to be around. And um, the level was really crazy. The depth was crazy. It was, it was definitely better than the Tampa show for depth in all the categories. Um, I had, uh, I was helping Jaws again for classic. Mm-hmm. So uh, John Lee, um, if you guys follow Jaws, uh, he hopped into classic and uh, that was crazy. The top 10 in the, well, the whole classic class was great. Like even the top, like when they just called the top 10 and you know, they have the guys that don't make the top 10 come out and do their like, like a quick pose and leave. Yeah. yeah. They're like completely strided head to toe. Like all the guys that didn't make the top 10 are coming out and they're like fucking dry and shredded. That's cool. Maybe right. they weren't structurally, you know, classic enough or whatever. Right. But like great bodybuilders. And then the guys are actually in the top 10 come out and do their posing routines. And I'm just like, shit, like every one of them had an awesome routine and they were conditioned and flow and just the, the level is really high. And um, uh, John wound up fourth. You know, here he is like five five one eighty, and then, and then the the guy who's in third is like six feet tall. You know, like it's a crazy class. That that classic class is crazy. Like when you see Ruffins next to Bumstead, it's like mm-hmm. man, it's this crazy class to to judge. Um, and Courage won the class, I right? Like and uh, and you know what an amazing physique. Uh, courage has like and his posing is just off the charts next level so um you know seeing seeing that was really motivating i think for everybody um you know everybody that 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 saw the show they were just you know motivated to be a better poser and you know motivated to to bring more because that's clearly what's what's going on and that um i gotta say that valentin petrov from bulgaria wound up in second that guy's fucking great. Like, it was a great physique. And then um, I'm trying to find, I, want, I don't want to leave the um, third place guy out. Yeah, Jorge Luis Guerrero Gallegos. So he came up from Mexico. Awesome physique. Like, just had that, he had that tall classic guy look with the tiny, like the crazy lines and the flow and everything. Really nice physique. Mm-hmm. And the reason I want to make sure we say the top three you guys know why. <laughs> I I had a, a couple conversations with some guys that were like, dude, you started contest coverage and you talked about the fifth place guy and then you talked about the fourth place guy and then Dusty cracked a joke and then Scott laughed and then <laughs> it was over. cracked a joke and then you talked about a movie. That sounds about right. That sounds like us. And I was third and you didn't... <laughs> <laughs> Bring me oh, up. I was waiting. I was better than those guys, and you didn't talk. I was about better me. than those guys. You talked about the two guys I beat. That's and, how good uh, you were. That you beat those two that we talked about. <laughs> so I think it's important we give a disclaimer. Yeah, we are not the optimal source of contest coverage. 
There's been times and, we don't even have the order correct, frankly. I yeah, and and I really apologize to all the people that we have literally skipped. Like someone joked with me, they're like, "Yeah, you gave the results of a show once, and you got right up to who won, and then you moved on." <laughs> and someone won. <laughs> and he didn't even say who won the show. And I just, I just had to laugh. I was like, oh, God, that sounds like us. <laughs> yep. And uh, so I sent you guys a message. I was like, hey, oh, I, think that there, I think we have to recognize that there's like people who really want us to cover their placing and we just fucking just leave them out in the desert to die. <laughs> Dude has his best showing ever. He wins the show. He's got an Olympia qualification. Let's not talk about him. Fuck him. <laughs> so, Act like it's a big deal. I, that guy in seventh, though, to, he was nuts. <laughs> I had to laugh. I had to laugh because I was like, oh, maybe that's why that one guy won't talk to me. <laughs> like, I don't know. I've know, asked him to come on the show three times. times. He says no every time. Yeah, you didn't talk about my win. So we do that to people, and we apologize. Um, the 212 was – it. the 212 was – I use the word affectionately because the class was so good. It was a fucking mess. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, there were guys in the third call out with shredded glutes. And you're like, huh, that must suck to come in that condition and just not get the call. Like, And there were some guys in the first call out that didn't have strided glutes. So it's not like it. You know, I think sometimes coming from the generation I came from, we were so condition based. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, especially at the amateur level, at the amateur level is condition. It's like a conditioning contest. You know right. what I mean? To move up the levels to conditioning, conditioning. But I see what the judges now are. Structure is a huge thing. There's guys that aren't really in shape, but their structure is fantastic. And, they look great in the front double and that sort of thing. Yeah. And they're landing above a lot of guys uh, in, in uh, that's what I thought. I thought some of the guys with structural advantages and not necessarily the best condition. And, but then it's confusing because then the very next guy has like shredded glutes and he's one placing behind them. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the next guy after that is like less ripped, but has beautiful flow. And you're like, huh, this is, this class is just tough. Like it made it made me wonder if you had a different panel of judges if there would have been like several spots juggled, you know. Probably. Um, but that that was tough, and I want to make sure we'll do. Uh, we got to do the top three and the two twelve for sure, and make sure. Leave uh, out the second place guy, though. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave out the second place guy. <laughs> so of course, Jordan landed third. Jordan Janowitz was yep. third. Um, he was awesome. Uh. You know, there were arguments arguments for him to be pushing for the top two spots on his conditioning and his back double bicep. Okay. Uh, those yeah. things were just – his back double bicep was um, like the most disgusting back double in the whole show. You know, back was a weak point for him for a while too. Like he's had to yeah. work to get that back to come up, which is cool to see. He's got a good back now. Yeah. But the, the, con the conditioning on the back double like from ankle to neck – yeah. was like you know fibers just fibers 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 so you got to hand it to him and that probably what was what brought him into the top of that group um second place was oh cody drobot of course so cody <laughs> um who i've known my you know his whole bodybuilding life um he came he was a little bit 
I think maybe a little bit fuller than Tampa. Um, he might have been a little sharper in Tampa. I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm just going by pictures. But whatever, the look he brought was great. He's He has uh, massive structural um, advantages over other people, especially from the back. Um, when he does a back double, you think, man, that guy's that kid's shoulders are really wide and his hips mm-hmm. are really narrow. That's the first thought that I see. Like a lot of guys have a wide lat spread, yeah. right? right? But when they stand relaxed, they're not that wide. Yeah. But um, it's like the illusion created by his physique is um, very, very difficult to, to deal with. Very difficult to deal with. And he, they could have easily put him in first. I, um, I was, I was pretty tossed up as to what they were going to do regarding first and second. Um, but uh, Kareth Bajo. Uh, is, is that how you say his name? Kareth Bajo? That's what I'm going to no say. Idea. But I saw him backstage. I didn't get to talk to him. He was second in Tampa, and uh, he came to this show and won it. The shortest guy in the class, and it looks like he has a really hard time getting into 212. So it gives you right. an idea. You know, like, <laughs> he's just, he looks like the craziest. He looks like, you know, just deep, mature, grainy, ridiculous muscle quality. Um, and he has good enough shape and structure. You know what I mean? Some of those really short guys, it's hard because, you know, shape and structure is difficult when you're kind of squashed down like that. Yeah. But the muscle, the muscle mass and quality was just so off the hook. Um, so, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, of course, I went there to help Ditto. And Ditto moved up a spot. He was eighth in Tampa. He wound up seventh here in, uh, in this show. And, um, you know, still easily like we had people walking up to him after they're like dude like you could have been like like from you know from fourth to seventh eighth was just like rough you guys were fucking right. awesome and uh we're pretty happy man you know what do you do he came you know the best he's ever been you know 10 pounds heavier than when he turned pro and uh really happy with the look and then another thing too like this class was like classic like some of the guys I saw this. I saw a couple guys backstage where I was like, holy shit. That guy's going to be a major problem. But then on stage, you go, oh, the condition's not quite there enough. And they're kind of in the back of the back of the pack. Mm-hmm. Um, so just beating a lot of those guys is like huge because there's like so much, so much muscle on that stage in the 212. And uh, yeah, it was a really positive turnout for, for me. I had a great weekend and, you know, um, pretty happy with it all. But men's open is that what we're going to talk about yes men's open the men's open was let me just find the score sheet here ron took that comment very seriously dusty he did i did i did not not at all i didn't give a shit um I had. I can't find the on. open results. <laughs> I was actually okay. looking at some dog races on my phone. Dog races. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that top five, um, I was lucky. I went to the night show, so I had a backstage pass. Right on Friday, I would walk out from backstage and I would just walk into like the little VIP section right behind the photographers, and I would just sit down. And watch yeah. the show. And nobody said a word to me. And I did that all day long. Nice. And then on Saturday, because like, I thought that's what my pass was good for. I paid 150 bucks. I thought, oh, I get to just go sit there. Yeah. 
Saturday I come out and I go to sit there and the security stops me and he's like, Oh, you need a VIP. And I go, Oh, okay. I thought this was it. And he goes, no, that's backstage pass. Yeah. And I go, Oh, I sat here all day yesterday. He goes, yeah, we got in trouble because we were letting like a bunch of people sit there and you got a VIP. And I was like, Oh, no problem. So I went and I sat like, you know, in the normal seats Yeah. and they were pretty far back. So you had to kind of watch the screen and uh, Will Whitman, the photographer. Yeah. Yeah. He, he walks by. And he's like, Ron, how's it going? And I go, oh, great. And I start talking to Will. And he goes, what are you doing sitting here? And I go, well, I, I don't have like, I don't really have a ticket. You know, <laughs> I'm a backstage pass. So I'm just sitting here. And he goes, no. And then he goes, oh, I, I don't want to cause any problems. Like, you know, like I don't want to be a like, whiny asshole and everything. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 no. Come with me. And he walked me up to the very front. And he walked me around past security. Security doesn't stop Will Whitman. He goes wherever he wants. He walked me past security, the same security that stopped me. I'm with Will. He just, whoa, hands off, walked me right past, <laughs> takes me right in behind the photographers, and he goes, sit right here. And then he goes, uh, he goes, I'll go tell Ben Chow where you're at, because Ben and I were kind of hanging out a bit. Yeah, yeah. And so I got to sit in the like second row of VIP for the whole night show, or Hell the whole yeah. Saturday, Hell like yeah. the whole That's finals. Awesome. Nice. Saw everything. It was fucking awesome. And so I really got a great look at the men's open and oh, that'd um, be great seats man that'd be so cool they they could uh mind-boggling first off that was one of the hardest top fives it could have been juggled a bunch yeah like kamal and steve kuklo and mm -hmm. quinton and andrew jacked and martin fitzwater yeah. Like you think of five guys that are kind of more different, different <laughs> you know, and some of them had like the two guys that had the best conditioning would be, you know, Quinton and Kamal, I think had the most detail. Um, Fitzwater had the craziest combination of having the most shredded glutes and hams in the open combined with the fullest look he was so full he looked like if he ate like half a muffin he would explode <laughs> um and then kuklo was massive full nice but the condition just wasn't there like the deep cuts uh -huh. you know it looked like he came in a little heavy maybe pushing for fullness because from the sounds of it everyone's saying like Every single person I talked to that came from Tampa said the judges told them to get fuller, get mm. fuller, get fuller. So it's like, I feel like there's pressure on them to be massively full and, and maybe there's some conditioning being sacrificed to do that. Mm. Um, you know, Kuklo looked great, but he was just, he wasn't like a shredded Kuklo. He was like a really full Kuklo, you know? Mm -hmm. And then Kamal, man, you got to hand it to that dude, you know? To be that 51 years old and have the most detail head to toe, front to back of anybody in, in the top group. Um, and really kind of putting on a clinic as to how to display your physique to its best. Hmm. You know, every pose, the quarter turns, everything was perfect. Not a single muscle is relaxed in any of his mandatories where you see like, like Andrew Jacked, for example, He's so new to bodybuilding that like he's literally making posing mistakes on stage hmm. mm -hmm. and still winning. You know, like at one point they called back double and he kind of closed up his shoulder blades, you know, right. whereas like 
you know that that's just a thing that he's like, well, how many back doubles has he hit in his whole life? Hmm. It's probably not at the, you know, he hasn't hit 10,000 of them yet. So it's not, right. you know, the posing isn't perfect, which is just scary because if you think of the fact that he could perfect his posing and be 20% better yeah, or, like, without even getting better. So that tells you how much potential he has. Yeah. Um, backstage, Andrew Jacked is the biggest fucking thickest pecs huge like he's a monster just a monster backstage and it's this the fact that you look across a room and he's the tallest guy and he appears because of the illusion he appears to have the smallest waist Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) so you're like oh fuck you know um who else in that top five quentin well quentin is like Mike Van Wick was saying, Quinton has unlimited potential ahead of him. This is just ridiculous the way he looks on stage. And, you know, the judges are telling him, just get your upper body to match your legs, the mm. chest and back thickness, that's all. But even mm. having said that, his conditioning was far better than Steve's. And mm-hmm. I thought that it was arguable to put him ahead of Steve because, you know, condition can be rewarded like that, you know. Um, yeah. but that was like, you know, super tight, super tight. And then, uh, Martin Fitzwater was like the shock, you know, I know he, what was he fifth last year or something like that, but just the, the improvements he brought, it was like, God damn branch and him have been killing it in the gym for a year. Cause that's yeah. like all it looked like when Fitzwater was posing, it just looked like, Oh fuck you train hard. Yeah. Like right. he's the muscle fullness. Too strong kid the muscle fullness and like i said his physique doesn't have all the detail yet you know what i mean like standing relaxed he doesn't appear shredded yeah but then when he like puts his leg forward and locks it out his quads completely strided you're like oh god you know and like the pecs look like they're just kind of full and hanging but then when he hits the most muscular they stride and just rip so he'll get more and more quality and he'll get that harder, denser look where he'll stand relaxed and look harder. You know, that'll come with time, but you know, the kids in shape because the hams and glutes are like the most shredded of anyone in the, in the open. So it was, uh, I did not envy the judges. I talked to Aceto for a while on the phone yesterday when I was driving back from the airport and we were like talking about the placings and stuff. And it was kind of one of those things where like I gave Aceto my opinion and he's probably going to repeat it on heavy muscle and get me, get me in trouble. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and then, like two hours after I gave a seat on my opinion, I was like, huh, it's kind of flip floppy, huh? You know, <laughs> it was one of those things. I don't know. It was a great show, man. Those guys were awesome. And um, the best, the best part, just I don't know. Well, not the best part. One of the funniest parts was after the show. Um, you know, the the MC asked Andrew Jack, you know. Um, you know, you've had a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of, you know, they want to hype it up. Right. And he's like, a little bit of, of hype with blessing, you know, any, any words for blessing. And, uh, Andrew Jack said right on the microphone, he goes, yeah, stay the fuck home. that's amazing (laughs) the whole crowd was like whoa you know it was all he was laughing but he said yeah stay the fuck home and he kind of laughed and so they they totally know what they're doing they know what they're doing that's funny they're selling tickets (laughs) smart yeah a a guy that i've worked with uh joshua stokely he met you 
uh, while you're there, Ron. And oh, okay. He had said to me. Oh, he yeah. Me- I, yeah. He came up to me. He said that he worked with you. I met him outside. Yeah. He messaged me and he was like, yeah, you know, I saw Ron there and I saw all the other pros and stuff. And they're just like, you know, talking to everybody and talking to each other or they're talking to each other, keeping to themselves. And Ron's just out there just watching amateur bodybuilding. And he's just, I can't remember his words, but he's like, he was just having so much fun. You can tell that guy just loves this sport. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like the Ron we know. I was yelling for the am- I was yelling for the amateurs guys I didn't even know. <laughs> I, was, I love I, that man. I, That's so cool. Yeah, and also too, I was kind of in a mood when I was watching the first day. I was kind of in a mood because you know I had two two guys. I had a classic pro and a two twelve pro, and of course classics up first. You know, so I go mm-hmm. out there. Everybody's asleep. Ah, uh, right. The whole crowd's asleep. Yeah. It's not like nine thirty in the morning. You know. And I flew all the way from Vancouver to cheer these guys on. Yeah. So, you know, Jaws walks out and I just yell, Jaws, let's fucking go. Jaws. Like I'm screaming and no one else is making a single word. So I just look like this insane idiot. That's okay. In the 10th row who's screaming, you know? Yeah. And then they go, you know, they're, they're doing the call outs and it's like first call out. So the tension is high, right? Right. Yeah. And they're moving guys around and jaws gets moved to you know, closer to the middle and they call front double bicep. And I yell front double jaws. Let's go. <laughs> right. I'm just screaming. And these guys beside me were kind of laughing. Like they were chuckling, but I just kept thinking like, this is Texas. Come on. Yeah. Make some fucking noise. Like I remember Johnny Jackson's show a couple years ago. I emceed it and the crowd was nuts. And I think people just, Maybe they're not used to going to shows yet. I don't know, but there's a lot of quietness out there and it took a while to get people going, you know, I'm with you. So I think the, I had the, fun. the best compliment I ever got was from uh, Sarah Bruce from the rough, rugged and raw podcast. We were watching the, the Arnold together one year and she was like, most people at bodybuilding shows nowadays, they just like sit there quietly and they look like half unimpressed. She was like, but you go with Scott and VJ. And it's like you're watching like a wrestling match or pro football because we're just like going yeah. at it. You know what I mean? It's like that's the way it should be. I I feel yeah, like that, those yeah. are those are the good times, man. That's the way that's the way the audience should be. I yeah, agree. I was screaming. You know, if I knew anyone in the lineups, I was yelling. I yelled for Jordan. Yeah. You know, I was yelling for Ditto. I'm like fuck, come on, Ditto, let's go. Give him the most muscular. Give it to him. You know, I'm just like screaming. It was fun. Man. <laughs> I used to I love that about like the New York pro is. Ah. The crowd, I felt like the crowd got like 50% decision on who won. <laughs> right, right. Weinberg was looking back and he's like, if I don't go with what they're saying, yeah. they're going to tear the roof off this fucking thing. It's a long thing. way to the door. Do you remember, like, uh, I mean, obviously you remember the moment, but like when Marcus Rule came out and it sounded like oh, the yeah. roof was going to come off of the place. Rule. Like, they lost their minds immediately, and you're like, yeah. "That's bodybuilding." And he's feeling it, so he's giving it back to him. Yeah. So you got that, like yeah. that that feed, that exchange of energy. That when it's quiet, you're like, it's like when the guys are trying to get the crowd, like, "Come on!" And the crowd's like, "Nope, nope, yeah. Yeah. you're not yeah. impressive." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> uh, funny. And also, too, I gotta uh, give a shout out. I want to make sure I get his full name. So that just give me one second. Phone. Get, yeah, no, I'm on my place? phone. Ron has notes. I'm on my phone. So I, I got to give a shout out to uh, Dominic Zemenza from Lake Stevens, Washington. I sure hope I got the right Dominic. Yeah, that's him. 
he came up to me and he's like, Hey Ron, I watch a show. He's like, big fan of the show. And then he comes out in the classic division. He's fucking shredded. Nice. Like crazy condition. And I was like, Oh man, it's fucking one of the, the real wake ups, man, was the number of people that told me they watched a show. Like, it was awesome. And like when Courage, I, I had never met Courage. I'm just walking through the, the backstage and Courage steps out of his group. Like he's in a circle. Yeah. And he, he steps around the group to intercept me. And he goes, Ron, because I love the show. And I'm like, what? That's cool. <laughs> I like him. You, you watch our show? And he goes, yeah, you guys helped me through cardio, man. Hell yeah. He goes, you guys don't know how many people you help through cardio. And I was just like, this is crazy. Like. I expect, you know, gym rats to watch our show and, you know, people that love bodybuilding. But when you think like the actual champions that win the shows are getting through cardio, listening to us talk about nonsense, just it's just fucking <laughs> awesome. Nonsense. Yeah. So like that stuff was like the highlight of, you know, the highlight was just like, man, like it's crazy number of people that were, you know, like I was getting breakfast and I cracked a joke about something wrong with the buffet setup. You know, I was like, I'm not impressed with the location of the maple syrup compared to the pancakes. They should be adjacent to one another. <laughs> of course. And the guy turned, the guy, you know, some guy next to me says like, oh, Ron. <laughs> just, just stop eating your pizza with a fork and knife. Exactly. And I realized that he totally knows who I am and what I'm thinking when I'm looking at this buffet setup. <laughs> this incorrect buffet setup. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, just a lot of positive stuff like that. So I had a great weekend. Everyone was happy. All you know, of course, you want the people you help to, you know, show up looking great. And I, you know, that was accomplished. And, you know, what a great show. You know, what a great show. And congrats to everybody. There's a lot of argument for, you know, like there was an argument for Fitzwater to win. There was. Really? Legit. Yeah, based on being like complete. Hmm. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because Andrew jacked. There was some things he didn't do. You know what I mean? But 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 for the most part, it was an overwhelming kind of a freak show win. Yeah, hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? Especially because it went with show a team. through the through the pictures. That's I'm glad you say that. Yeah, that's the stuff people don't realize is we're we're that's looking it. at pictures, and I didn't looking at the pictures. And just size and dominance, I actually thought Steve was closer to second than fourth. And being there, that's not the case at all. Hmm. I found that, like, it's an it's a, it was a classic thing. Like on the videos, everyone just looks the same. Like, just fucking awesome. Everyone shredded. That's another thing about this show. Is the stage light was fucking great. Like, mm -hmm. guys looked awesome at the back of the stage and the middle of the stage and the front of the stage. Like there was like, there was no bad spot to be on. And there certainly mm -hmm. wasn't a bad spot in the lineup. They're moving guys back and forth and everyone just looked fantastic. So that helped a lot. Um, but sure. being there up close and you know, like Steve Kukla is just, he's got such a beautiful fucking massive physique. Like mm -hmm. he's like one of the best ever, like mass monster to have like fantastic aesthetic flow you know what i mean like he's a great yep. bodybuilder man but i just felt like his condition kept him out of the the top spot you know mm -hmm. had he been i don't know what's the most shredded kukla we ever saw that guy might have won that guy might have beat andrew 
you know he was just really really dry really really dry and crisp i think he might have but who knows maybe they would have told him to come fuller like they do all the time you know so i do want to say a couple things though i know i've been talking for 10 minutes you know you guys want to interrupt no it's been longer than 10 minutes but go ahead okay (laughs) i want to say one thing I want to say one thing, and this certainly isn't directed at any one person specifically, um, because for the most part, this weekend was really good. But I did witness some examples of uh, of it, and it sort of needs to be reiterated occasionally just to remind people. And also, too, I was reminded that these pros actually watch our show. So maybe this can be for them. But I know that everyone wants to win. I know that you go to win, and I know that if you come away with anything less than a win, it can be a real disappointment. But try to remember you're in the business of bodybuilding. And when you walk out in the lobby and kids come up to you, young guys, fans, and they congratulate you on how awesome you looked and how how great they think it is that you made the top five, try not to, you know be a dick because you didn't win you know what i mean like if someone mm-hmm. walks up to a competitor is like holy shit man you looked awesome congratulations and maybe they're we'll just say fourth and they're like yeah whatever man like that sort of thing it's like dude this isn't a high school football game you're a professional bodybuilder right you know i understand you're upset i get it we're intense people but this is your chance to interact with this person and it's going to have carryover. It's going to, you know, I don't know. I think that stuff's important. I saw a little bit of that, like guys just really, really, really bummed out and sort of letting it kind of get to them when they need to be able to keep it, keep it together. You know, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I think it made a huge point because being a professional is far beyond the stage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, simply put, the reason that you're still bringing in an income far above what most very good pros will ever see is because you're a professional on every level. If the only professionalism you have is the fact that you put together a good physique on stage, keep a really good job because it's going to be a very short career. So no, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think, I think that's painful. I think it's sad that people don't see that because what you said is accurate. It's, you know, they are complimenting you on what they see. Don't yeah. don't get mad at him because Steve Weinberger has you in fourth and you think you should be in first. He's just saying you're fucking awesome. You know, I mean, yeah. I think that that's very important. Plus, remember that your fans are your fans uh, regardless. I mean, I, I've had people congratulate on horrendous showings and just say like, hey, we don't even care. You're my favorite because X. You know, because you got right. Yorkies. So, no, I, I agree with that. I think it's it'd be huge for guys' careers. And, and the other thing is, I can say this from experience. I know we've talked about this back when I was a kid. You never forget. I will no. never forget the guys who stopped the world for me when I was a kid and the guys who blew me off when I was a kid. I remember them both very clearly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. I am. Um, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. And that goes for the amateurs too, because you're building up. Like, <laughs> you know, when you blow that kid off or give him, or give him, you know, you're really short with them or whatever, 
the guy standing next to him could be a marketing manager for a supplement company and he totally knows who you are yeah that's mm -hmm. a good point and that's what this was like that's what this room full of people was like you are in a room full of people that all talk to each other hmm. and people people call me all the time i'm sure it happens with dusty all the time i get messages from people hey what do you think of this guy hmm. like people who work for other supplement companies message me like hey have you ever met this guy what's he like and i think wow i don't want to like this guy's kind of a dick but i don't want to sink him so i'll just say oh i don't really know him that well you know or whatever i go with he's kind but, of a dick <laughs> yeah like you know i i don't know it's hard for me it's hard for me if if obviously if they were a dick to me but then <laughs> but yeah it's uh guys got to remember they got to remember like i get that you're upset like in 2012 i'll never forget this in 2012 I um I got second to Antoine. Very, very disappointing loss. Very, very disappointing. I, I was like gutted. I walked out into the lobby and Mutant had a booth there. Right? So I walked out into the lobby. The show's over. Super heavyweights are the last. It's over. Right? Everyone's kind of leaving. They're mulling around. And I stood at the Mutant booth for 45 minutes and took pictures with people. And I remember like a year later, someone at mutant told me about it mm. they're like yeah we were talking the other day how you lost and then you came out from backstage with a big smile on your face and you took pictures with people for almost an hour at the booth while everyone else was gone and like no one was left like the building was empty when we left dude that's what victoria told me about you she said remember i told you that and and i think it was that show she was oh. like you know it was it, but it was the next morning there was like a breakfast that everybody went to and she was like, you know, she was like, I saw Ron up there and you could see like he really wanted it and you could see he was disappointed on stage. But, you know, he, he pulled it back together. He congratulated the winner. And then after that, the next morning, he showed up, smile on his face. He was meeting everybody, saying hi in the best mood he could be, you know, just bounce right, right back. at the banquet. Yeah, that's yeah. what she remembered out of that year, literally years later now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I didn't obviously it wasn't a strategy. I was just like. This is what you do. This is what I signed up for. Yeah. Like, uh -huh. you know, it's these cool. people came to cheer me on. There's a bunch of people I, I know because it was in my hometown. So I take pictures with all these people. But then there's all these people I don't know taking pictures with them, too. But people have to understand that that like, you know, the famous story of the second place guy getting the better contract than the winner. Like, uh -huh. you know, you know, what do you really want out of bodybuilding? Do you want the trophy or do you want the opportunity? Because sometimes you get both, but sometimes you got to choose. Like sometimes you don't get to choose, you don't get the trophy. So fucking take the rest of the opportunities <laughs> that come along. Cause if you just leave the building disgusted and go home, you get nothing. You don't get a trophy and you don't get all the other opportunities, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Pick up all that loose change off the ground, man. You know? So that's my little rant. Le less grumpy than the, uh, bit this, the, you know, resting bitch face one, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay. I like it. Okay. Someone else talk. Oh, fine. Fine. Questions? Fine. Straight yes, to I'm YouTube questions. Some, I'm going to pull up some questions. Yo, let's get yours, by the way. Uh, do we have YouTube questions, Scott? We have yeah. a lot of YouTube questions. Though I do want to say, guys, uh, do me a favor if I don't get to your questions. Because sometimes, like, this show, we already went really long. We might not be able to get to all of them. We 
John did, but go ahead. If it's oh. if it's you know if we if it's not on this show, comment again on the following shows. We'll definitely get to it. So don't take it personal though. And I think I actually had a question here that was two part. One for Ron. Question for Ron: Does guitar weight really matter for tone? Also, Gibson Les Paul or Gibson SG? And then he's got a question for the crew after that. Ron, you're first. Um, yeah, guitar weight matters a little for tone. Like, I so it's kind of like a wine connoisseur, right? Or a weed connoisseur. You know, some of Reed. these people. Yeah, you know, some of these people will, then they'll take a sip and they're like, "Oh, I can really taste the oak." You know, I'm not like that. I'm not like that with my guitar tones, but I, I do know what I like and what I don't, I don't, you know, but guitar weight makes a bit of a difference, but the old saying goes 99% of how you sound, it's in the fingers. You know, you give a shitty guitar to Jimi Hendrix, it sounds like Jimi Hendrix, <laughs> you know? Um, but to me, the stuff that I play, I think like the distortion pedal you use and the amp you use have, you know, and the pickups in the guitar actually have m most of the tone. You know, you take, you know, I pull, you know, one of these guitars off the wall and change the pickups in it. It's going to sound different. It's the, the pickups mostly, you know, and I, I'm an, I'm, I have an SG and a Les Paul, but the SG is my, that's my workhorse. That's my baby. ACDC baby, you know. All right, and then the follow-up one, <laughs> yeah. Dusty. Um, what are some foods that you absolutely cannot train on? Foods that make you feel terrible and produce no pumps for you, or you get no real fullness uh, the day after, etc. Discuss. I don't have any foods that um, like people's thing with pump always throws me off. <laughs> I get a pump on zero carbs. I get a pump not eating. I get a, like, I don't even, I, when people say that, I don't even know what it means. I'm like, oh, weird. Um, cause I've literally never in my life went to the gym and not gotten a pump. I don't mm. know what that means. Um, but foods that have spice in them have no business before training for me. And it's not because of, uh, shitting your pants or anything it's i can't have that much flavor like in my body i'll be burping it up or mm. acid reflux even whatever no i want bland ass shit before i train for sure what about like right. fats oh i don't care okay. I, in fact i usually do fats for train. that's how i almost died eating the steak before <laughs> going to the gym remember <laughs> fun fact yeah, I love flank before I train. I like something because I tra I eat two hours before I train. I know most people are tired yeah. than that. So I do um, like 320 grams of flank and uh, like 300 grams of rice and then go train. But it's yeah. two hours later. So I need that sitting with me for some time. I, I, um, I'm going to piss some people off here. I think 90% of people's stomach and gut issues are completely in their head. And they are just so over analytical and so stressed out about what they eat and when they eat it that I just can't imagine living in that prison. To me, it's just, I can't imagine like, oh, I ate this and then I had like a bit of gas. And I'm like, what do you mean a bit of gas? Well, like, I don't know, like I farted a bit. And I'm like, the fuck do you expect your bodybuilder you're eating like four thousand calories a day like what do you mean you had some gas like fuck 
Like, are you bloated <laughs> where you can't? Like, is it like something you have to go to the hospital for, or is it just because you ate three cups of rice? Like, you know, or <laughs> like I don't know. People just have all these mental hangups on all this stuff, and like, oh, I really need to have. Um, you know, I really need to have white rice before I train because if I have like bread before I train, I think it like it like just sits too fast and it does like I just all that stuff. I just think that's oh, all nonsense. Yeah. Like all of all of my meals, all of my meals, like I have steak rice every day. I have turkey rice and vegetables every day. I have egg whites and oatmeal. I have a shake that I make. I can have any of those meals before I train. It makes no difference. Mm-hmm. And I can have any of those meals post-workout and it makes no difference. And I don't care about any of the little micro changes in my body from any of that stuff. I just, cause like, like there's too much other stuff going on to worry about all that bullshit. Yeah. One thing I don't like to eat before I train is like, we've all done it where you have like fast food with a buddy. You go like mm-hmm. McDonald's and you eat. And then like two hours later you go to train and you're like, Oh, that was a bad idea. Yeah. I've done like, that. That's the only time. That's the only time. Well, that's plastic. That's not actually food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. really like the Ron that chooses violence. Just for the record, <laughs> he's my favorite Ron. Like, like when he starts off with "I'm about to piss people off," I yeah. I sat back a little. I kind of kind of leaned back. I was like, "Oh, really?" Yeah, yeah he, I don't know. He eased into it though. Did you catch that, Scott? He did, didn't like, he? He didn't. He? Yeah, and then by the end, he's like, "And you know what? Fuck you." <laughs> And your family. <laughs> and I fucked your sister. And she was exactly. a slut. I mean, it just kept going. It was it was impressive to watch. It was good. No. It was good. Well, I, 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 I still feel a little bit bad because I got a few messages last week when you weren't here, Dusty. Um, I mentioned how I don't like the TikToks or the reels where people are mouthing the words to movies. <laughs> he went off, dude. He went off. <laughs> he, he went off. You go, I mentioned Scott's like, he went the fuck off. I slightly mentioned, I slightly mentioned that I don't like voiceovers on reels. You know, where they mm-hmm. like take a quote from a movie, but they like mm-hmm. say it and they move their mouth. Yeah. And I also don't like voiceovers on stage, lip syncing on stage. Oh, I don't either. But I got messages from people. They're like, I thought you were my friend. Like they were, you upset. were until I saw that fucking video. <laughs> and like one one girl that one girl that I've known for years, she messaged me. She's like, my entire TikTok is mouthing lines from movies. That's my entire TikTok. You just like broke me. <laughs> you attacked me as a human. You attacked me. And then I went and looked. I went and looked at her TikTok, and I'm like, actually, you're pretty funny. <laughs> so nah, now you're just changing your story. We yeah. know what's happening here. <laughs> no, but oh, yeah. God. So. So yeah, but the, the 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 a lot of times I think people just have too much going on with worrying about foods, you know. Agreed. I helped one guy once, and he was like, um, "You know, I'm really and I don't have anything for my pre workout meal at the house I'm staying at." And I'm like, "Well, what do you have?" He's like, "They just have potatoes." And I was like, "Well, he potatoes?" And he's like, "Oh, like last time I had potatoes, I like farted and and I was just like, man, like I don't know, like I just don't know how to live <laughs> live that funny. way." <laughs> So, so speaking of last week, I hate to do this to you right now, Scott, but did Uh-oh. we talk about the shooting competition? No, no, we didn't talk about it, but I did go. You saw that I went on Instagram. I know. So, so catch me up, though, because you didn't really like, you didn't give me a lot of data. So I assumed it was, I could get it live and we're getting it, it was, two weeks later. Sorry. It's okay. I, I was, um, so I didn't, I, 
so when I first started out, I just like I didn't I didn't think about my my actual technique. So I did okay. And then there's five stages. I finished the first two. And then the third stage I remembered I remembered basically like how to shoot a gun. And so I settled down and uh and then it got like really good and it got easy. And I and I felt really good about it. The first stage I actually bailed on. I didn't have enough ammo with me, like on my person. And so I ran out and I didn't have more. And so they're like, Oh, you could get more. And I was like, nah, it's all right. So I got like I had to get like a long time. Like if you don't finish, you get like uh-huh. thirty seconds. So that hurt right. my and then they add all your times together. So that hurt my overall time. But I still got uh 29th out of forty eight people. So it was like oh. my first time ever doing it, so I'm like kind of middle of the road. Um, yeah. and I'm gonna try it again. It was good. It was, it was a lot of how, fun too. How 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 many events are there? Like how is it? How, like what are the events? Like thirty yard, ten yard, fifteen yard? Is it like that or what? It's like so. There's five stages. Each stage. This is called Steel Challenge. So this with this you may you mainly stay in the same spot, and then they have steel plates. Some of them are ten inches. Some of them are bigger than that, and then they have these bigger square ones. And they're set up in an order or whatever. You can shoot them in whatever order you want as long as you hit the stop plate last. So there'll be one plate that's a different color. And like you, you, people come up with technique like start left to right or go left in and then right in and then hit the, you know, hit the stop one last. So it, it's just a matter of speed. So, you know, the timer, you draw, you get on target, shoot, 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 stop. And uh, they're set up in different patterns on each stage. So you shoot each stage five times. Uh, and it was like it was like three hours, which was nice, too. So it wasn't like an all day thing. You know what I mean? Like I still got to go home, do my client work, all that. So it was fun. It was good. It was good. Is it like is it like powerlifting? Like are the are the other dudes like supporting you even though they want to beat you, or is it yeah, like they're bodybuilding cool. where you mean mug and walk around like an asshole? No, people are really cool, and you're not directly competing against each other either. Because I might be in carry optics, and this guy is shooting like a, a 22 caliber rifle, and this guy's in open, and he's trying to qualify. So you know you are in a way competing against everybody, but you're not at the same time. So mm-hmm. you don't know the people that are in your class always. Um, but I did better than some people that were like there regularly. So it was, it was good. It was good. And it was the first time I've ever transitioned through multiple targets. And some of them are kind of tricky because they might like go back. So you not only have to go across, but they'll like go further back and further back. So you're going over and back at the same time you know, further right. distance. So it was, it was good. It was like, it was good, man. And, and it really allowed me to get into that, that sense of flow, you know, like that thing right. that we all three love, like when you're in the gym and everything's in that right spot and you're about to have that perfect lift, it's like your brain goes clear. And it gave me that feeling, which I absolutely adore. That's like my favorite feeling in yeah. the world, you know? So how many That's people awesome. are shoot? Like, is this that like, is they got a shooting range and there's like 20 people shooting all at once and they each have an instructor watching them or are you shooting by yourself and everyone's watching you? Everybody's watching you. So there's a it's a club and you'll be like in a team. So there's like me and six other people and then there's like five teams of that many people and then when everybody finishes this stage then we go to the next one and then you go to the next one kind of thing. So 
It was good. The people I was with, I didn't know any of them. So I had a friend that was there, but I couldn't get on his team. So nobody really gave me any pointers or anything like that. But, I, you know, it's it's pretty self-explanatory. So mm-hmm. I'm right. excited. It's cool. What what about nice. what about what about the arms? Were you the you have the best arms? Of course, probably, yeah, probably. Which isn't saying okay. a really ton, matter. you know. There's a lot of like seventy year old, sixty year old guys there, so it still matters. Yeah, it always matters. It was good always. though. It was it was a lot of fun, and yeah, the best caps for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, always, always. That's yeah. that's. Did you wear shorts to assert your dominance? You did that, he and did. it was like ninety five degrees. So yeah, bullshit. We know <laughs> why. <Shorts. laughs> We've been thirty five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All okay. right. Sorry, I derailed the show again. All right, go ahead to the questions. It's good. And we did get people, by the way, because Ron had said he was like, "I don't know what happened to Dusty, but he'll probably be back." We had people in the comments like, "Hey, uh, for real, I hope Dusty's okay." <laughs> so I had to let him know. I was like, "No, Dusty's okay. He just couldn't make it." So yeah, we just made it sound like you didn't show up. We're like, "I don't know where he is. He didn't log on." Well, yeah. he's probably alive. I, technically, I almost didn't. I mean, you text me. I was <laughs> yeah. like. Oh, so that's every Monday? It says only our 158th one, so I wasn't sure how this works. Uh. Yes. <laughs> All right. So question for the next podcast. Uh, I'm doing my first contest prep with my coach after a successful offseason, and he's recommending me to use Halo for the first – For oh, excuse me, the final weeks, that sounds right, of my prep. Um, I have never used it or really looked into it because I always assumed – it was used more in powerlifting. Any experience with Halo in prep? Any advice you can give? I used a little bit of Halo, like 20 milligrams, 30 milligrams maybe, mm-hmm. for like the last three weeks of, I think, almost every show I ever did, if I could get yep. it. And one of the reasons that I like Halo at the end is because I, I like to tell people to stop their shots like, seven days out, 10 days out, even sometimes just so they don't have any The amount of people, the amount of people who have bad shots within the last week is just insane. I don't know what happens. And, um, I know guys that run their shots right up to the show and they shoot all their fucking arms and delts. And I just, I can't believe they don't have bad things happen, but, um, halo is great for like making sure your androgen levels are really high. If you're going to back off your shots, that's another thing. Even if you only use it the last 10 days, it's like, it's a nice little tool. But it's not necessary because, like, if you're on trend, you have a lot of androgens. It's just an androgen. That's all it is. It's not like a magic molecule or anything, but it's just, yeah, it seems to be, you know, a handy little tool that's very commonly used. What's your breakdown, Dusty? Um, I didn't use it all the time. Same thing. It was like if, if, if I could get it and knew it was real. That was the... The question mark go. with the orals is always, is it real? So I only got it if I knew the source and I knew it was solid. Um, but I can say one thing as a warning sign. I feel that drugs make you more of who you are. I am the most level, chill person on the planet. doesn't matter what I'm taking. Halo, I wanted to kill people. I was like, so I'm dying on the inside apparently because I want to violently kill this person in front of me because she's going to write her a check for her groceries. And that's just not acceptable. Um, (laughs) But that's still not acceptable. And I'm not on anything right now, but still not the point. Not the point. I was going to say, yeah, you would have been been justified. bothers me. But, but, but I will say I felt like Halo. And and again, it's the last little bit, of course. But um, the first time I did it was 2010. And I did feel like it turned me into sandpaper. 
Yeah. Like I looked like I was cold all the time because I did it for, I think, two, two and a half weeks. Um, but we did a good dose. I want to say I did like 30 or 40 Ooh. a day. And I mean, I remember like I, I as it started working, I'm like, kind of this is the diet and we're just finishing out strong or what. But like I was definitely sandpaper and angry. So I think I did it maybe yeah. three times in my whole career, though, because I just couldn't get it that often. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a good warning is like if you have any sort of temper issues or something. Okay. I did have a guy do a show this year and for the first time ever he I helped him and he just used a bit of test and master on and he kept asking me, When do we add the trend? When do we add the trend? Yeah. And I was like, Well, your weight cap's gonna be really tough as it is. Yeah. So let's just not do trend. Like let's mm -hmm. just get you shredded and you'll be in the weight. And he was like, Okay. And then after the show, he told me he's like, That was the best experience ever not using trend. Huh? Yeah. He was like, he was like, I had like no problems the last month for the show. I just slept, felt fine. Didn't argue with my wife. Yeah. Competed. And he's like, I don't know if I ever want to use trend again. And I was like, that's interesting. People got to really realize trend. I mean, lots of guys, the old school guys that I know, they call trend divorce in a bottle. Yeah. I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> that's great we recently you know, had gotten asked up, that too do you need trend for for it's a very expensive spread. bottle then yeah. you wind up fucking something or breaking something or you know yeah good shit what else right. let's see question for the next episode when doing progressive overload what rep number do you try to hit before moving up in weight why well, operate on a range? So yeah. if the you know, so if the range is twelve to fifteen, I don't stop until I'm at least fifteen. Sometimes that means I go over and get sixteen. I do not mm -hmm. understand people that make a rep range like twelve to fifteen, they get thirteen and they're going up. I'm like, Well then yeah. odds are you're gonna get eleven or ten. Like I don't ever want to choose a weight that I'm not within range on. Hmm. Yeah. You know, especially yeah. like Same the heavy thing. sets, like six to eight reps. Chances are, I'd much rather see you hit 10 on accent than hit three. Mm -hmm. And guys do that. They're like, oh, I'm going to three. I'm like, what the fuck were you doing handling that weight? Yeah. I could have mm -hmm. told you before you started you weren't getting, you know, six. Jesus. So mm -hmm. high end of rep range for sure is my answer. All right. I agree. Ron's got me angry now. I'm just like yeah. yelling at nothing. <laughs> ah, Ron. <laughs> All right. Since you agree, I shall move on to the next one. Andy says, um, Oh, wait. Oh, no. Yeah. What's the upper limit of heavy as far as music that Ron oh. likes? I thought that was a good one for Ron. That is a good one. I'm curious. Well, I've said this before. My The band that I was like a real true fan of, where I like had every album, went to see them live, knew every word to every song, learned a bunch of riffs. Um, the heaviest band that I was ever really into was Pantera. And they were like, yeah. they're like that power groove metal. I, I, I say they're the greatest metal band of the 90s, without a doubt. <laughs> um, and Dimebag is on my, you know, M Mount Rushmore of guitar players. So um, uh, I would say Pantera. But I've had people send me stuff. They're like, hey, is this too heavy for you? And it was like, like, um, you know, kill switch engage or, you know, five finger death punch and stuff like that. I'm like, no, that stuff's not too heavy for me at all. Yeah. Some of the new metals, a little too studio. Like it's a little too, 
I don't know, a little too perfect for me. I like my metal a little rough around the edges. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I like some of that stuff. I'm not into like the hyper technical, like Gojira or Mashuga or any of that, like really, really complicated, like symphonic metal. I'm not really into that stuff. What about like hate breed? Yeah, there's some hate breed stuff I can take. Yeah, it's we got a, some on the playlist like at the it. gym. Yeah. yeah, hate breed. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of like pretty heavy bands that I think oh it's fucking pretty cool. And I've seen a lot of bands in concert that were heavy that were really awesome. Like you know um, the you know I saw a band called Soulfly. So the guy from yeah. Sepultura he started Soulfly, and I saw them a couple times, and they were awesome. And then like also some of the there's some other heavy music like. Have you ever seen Ministry? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw Ministry. Like, saw that's dark. Yeah, I've seen Ministry that's twice. Dark. That's that's dark, sort of industrial, yeah. electronic, fused with metal. Like, it's a very, very heavy, aggressive. I was know, a big Ministry school. fan back in the day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, that's heavy shit, you know, especially when they see them. When you see them play, you're like, oh, they're... They're fucked up. <laughs> yeah, they're fucked up. Not yeah. quite the same, but Nine Inch Nails were were kind of had a similar following, you know. I loved I, so that was one of the best live shows I ever saw. I was blown away. Yeah, yeah. Dusty, you saw show. them too. First one, first concert. Wow. Yeah, great. But yeah, I'm not into like death metal. Uh, question for Scott on the next show: What's at your best? Which did you enjoy more, bodybuilding or sending rounds? I love that everybody on the show knows that term. I can't pick. It's like, you know, picking which kid is your favorite. I, I'm, I you know. can pick which kid is your favorite. It's yeah, not, that's not supposed to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm training again, and it's going well. And I'm obviously not as, have as much muscle or as much strength, but I am loving it all the same as I ever have. So I couldn't. As long as I can still train, I I, I would probably uh, I'd probably pick training. I guess. Wow. Yeah, training trains. I got the health aspect to it, you know. Yeah. As well, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Question for the next episode. I've always learned about bodybuilding, training, diet, etc., from listening to experienced athletes, coaches' perspectives, since they all have real world application. Uh, my question is if I'm working with a coach for contest prep and he 100% believes in minimizing all sodium for 16 weeks, which I know isn't good. Or he says, uh, doesn't matter what gear you take as long as it's a total of one gram. Uh, what do I do here? I'm the guy that came to the coach for help in trying to question these instructions comes off as uh, no better than you. I mean, uh, when it comes to the situation after watching all you guys videos, I think I do know better. Uh, yes, this is for real. And I'm 11 weeks out. Thanks, crew. Dusty at DustyHanshaw.com. <laughs> Send me the email. You're currently 10 weeks out. I can still get you ready. Get the sodium in as soon as you see this, because fuck, that's dumb. And only to be matched by the dumbness of it doesn't matter as long as it's a gram. Gram a deca. So, Here I come. So a gram of Omnidrin will be just as good to prep on as a gram of Masteron. But only can be matched by a gram of Halo. Right. <laughs> There's this new idea going around um, that all steroids are equal. I guess there was a study that said as far as protein synthesis goes, that 
say Masteron was no more or less effective than Trend. Uh, and I, I, I think that, yeah, but that's going around. Then the thought is being presented that all steroids are equal more or less. Yeah, well, some of them cause water retention through aromatization and some of them do not. Some of them cause crazy cholesterol problems on blood yeah, panels. Yeah, just take a gram of, of EQ for a long period of time. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, just see what happens to your your blood thick th your thickness on a gram of EQ and watch what happens to your liver enzymes on a on 500 anadrol a day or whatever the fuck you want to take. Like there's 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 difference. And these studies are infancy like what is this the first study ever done on comparing steroid protein synthesis in a bodybuilder well, you're also comparing you know, like, one thing as if that's the yeah. only thing a steroid does yeah, as if that's the only thing that and, and they all do essentially enhance protein and nitrogen retention so yes they all kind of do the same thing but you know it's like having having how's this here's an analogy you can get any guitar player you want that's good they all do the same thing but who do you want to tour with and live in the van with and eat with right. and hang out with, <laughs> right? They might, there might be 20 guys that all play guitar just as good, but there's a lot of other things going on in that band. Yeah. That's very, that's, that's a perfect example. I mean, all kidding aside, I, I really, I really would step away from a coach that thinks that though, because these are two things that are very important and or, or just do ignore those things if the diet is correct. But I mean, I just, I don't ever suggest people ignore their coaches, either work with them or don't, because you can't give someone the credit or discredit them if you don't do what they say. Yeah. You know, so, uh, but I really would, because um, that's just, and those are two things that to me aren't even debatable. Like, that's just wrong. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> there's also, there's always the option of doing your own prep. Mm. yeah there is that like i did it i did a bunch of times i did really good at it too you know i actually just had a client that i told him to do that because he had a lot he had a it wasn't a, it wasn't a bad thing he just he had a lot of information um i don't even want to say he was resisting he was just asking questions and i said look man i'm not mad yeah but i think you should take this alone because the things you're asking are great questions and it's a great way to find out what your body does experimenting with them. But why would you want to experiment yeah. and pay me to do it? Because I'm not experimenting. I know what will work, but I'm not saying it's the only way. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly, that's a great point. Well, how come you have me eating oatmeal? Well, because that's what you were eating off season and you clearly like oatmeal. So I kept it on your plan. Like, if you if you're tired of it, let me know. We can swap it out. Like yeah. there's no magic. Like you don't. Ha you know what I mean? People get like that. Yeah. Well, why? Yeah. Well, that's what you were doing. That's what we're doing. I do because it's easy. Like when I write diets, I almost write them exclusively with rice uh, outside of breakfast because that's what I eat because it's easy and I'm lazy. Yeah. And I never get tired of eating jasmine rice. And people are like, God, I'm so bored of jasmine rice. I'm like, Oh fuck, I'm sorry. Yeah. What would you like? <laughs> and, you know, also just to minimize complaining and any gut issues, you know, white rice is what they use on all those inflammatory diets to help people out. So if you just put people on white rice, you're going to minimize any yeah. like those other random things that people complain about when they're eating lots of food, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. 
All right, I got one more here. Um, question for the next episode, Ron. Had you handled Phil Heath's nutrition and training for his Olympias, in what ways do you think his physique would have looked different, and how uh, from how than how Hanny brought him in? Thanks, guys. Oh, that's he would have been easy. way fucking better, way better. He would have fucking he would have he would have never won shit. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that just, garbage you bought in 2011. God, I'm sure yeah. you could have fixed that mess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, no, that's a, I'll take that as a funny question. That's a joke question trying to rid me a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, at the end of the day, um, this is a great example of how being the opposite of a, of a coach jumper can be a great thing. You know, Phil worked with Hani. They had some early success. You know, they won this. They got a pro card. They did some shows together. They worked on his physique. They got the Olympia. And then they just, they kept working and they kept working and they kept working, you know? Yeah. Phil didn't, Phil didn't, you know, when Phil was getting, you know, top five or, you know, not winning a show, he lost to Kai Green at the Arnold that one year. You know, like when that stuff was happening, Phil wasn't shopping around for a new coach. He wasn't trying mm -hmm. to see what does Hanny not know. It's pretty difficult to replace a coach who actually fucking cares and really wants to help you. Mm -hmm. That that can be invaluable. And if you have a coach like that, work with him. He wants to win just like you do. And if you get, you know, third at this or Kai Green beat me at the Arnold, imagine if he would have fired Hani and tried Milos. Hmm. Who knows what would have happened? Milos might have got mm -hmm. him an Olympia, but also Milos's plan might have not been great for Phil. He might have not mentally been a good match for that complicated of a scheme. It might not have, you know what I mean? Because it's not just about what the coach knows. It's about matching him to your mentality. You, know? you get someone who's like, because I'm a pretty relaxed guy like there's a lot of stuff that i don't think matters mm -hmm. and i think it's mental masturbation and a waste of your energy and it causes nothing but stress um but if you're the type of guy who's like ultra fixated on those things you might think i don't care yeah i could see it's that. not that i don't care it's not that i don't care i don't think it matters at all yeah so i think you should forget about it and focus on training legs tomorrow um so finding someone that matches and cares, that's invaluable. And that's what Hani and Phil is. That's just a great, a great example of, of them just, you know, believing in each other and working together. And, you know, I, 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 I still see like a lot of coach jumping and, and it's, it's not bad to switch coaches. Don't get me wrong. You could have gone through four coaches in four years and you're not necessarily a coach jumper. There could be legitimate reasons for you switching coaches. Um, but some people are coach jumping and they're looking for a miracle right? They're mm -hmm. like, oh, I was 10th with this coach and I was seventh with this coach. And then I was 10th with this coach. So the seventh place coach was a better coach. Yeah. It's like, no, you were leaner that year. You started leaner. You had an easier prep. You didn't have money problems. And yeah. the, and the line and the lineup was a bit better or a bit, bit weaker. Yeah. You know, like your placing can't dictate how good the coach was. And I just see, I see people kind of like looking for the solution, like, oh, to get into the top five, I need another coach. It's like, no, to get into the top five, you need bigger pecs and you need to put an inch on your legs. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. 
I definitely wouldn't have made Phil Heath better. <laughs> Let's just say that. Phil's Phil's Phil. I'll treat that as a comic question to get us to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. We might have had more, but that was all I found. So, guys, if I missed your question, if you want to put it in the next episode, I'd be happy to take it for next time. Bring it to the guys. Perfect. What do you got, Dusty? You got some questions. Uh, yeah, I do. I want to say I, gotta, I should have been kicking through them here. Bum, bum, bum. I feel like I've talked way too much, so I need one of you to do a rant. I've I am I'm so relaxed because you've taken that off of me. I'm very, <laughs> very I'm nice. self-conscious uh, about my verbal percentage on this episode. It happens. <laughs> it happens. Oh God. Oh, this is a good well, question. I was talking actually, about for, Dallas, for Scott. Right? This is a good question for Scott. Just getting over COVID, about two and a half weeks, lost 25, 20 pounds, about 60, 70% now as far as how he's feeling. Uh, how would you train? You know what? I think, so there's this. I think that the new, I, I don't know how much we can talk about COVID and still be monetized. That said, we're going to do it. Uh, I, I think the new COVID is like COVID light. Uh, compared to uh, what it was when I got zero it. calories. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's for most people at least. Because I think, I don't know about you guys, but literally like every single client I have has caught it at this point. And for most people, it hasn't been a big deal. The people it's a big deal for are the people that catch a fever and then that fever lasts. Uh, the new one doesn't seem to attack the lungs as much. That 20 pounds, I'm going to guess, is mostly water. If it was really, you know, mm. if it was really bad, it might take them a little bit longer to to pull it back together. But I would say just across the board with training, my thought is to ease back in. If he's in a pl place where he can train again, this is any sickness. I would say what I've what I've done. If I feel like my body isn't in a place where I'm ready to just like go back in on my plan, I'll just go real light and have fun with it. Maybe even do like even close to like a full body workout. And just like mm. a few sets of everything and then see how I feel the next day. I think the biggest mistake to do would be just be like, okay, I'm going to go back in and go hundred percent hard and I'm going to push my way through this. But, you know, I think that there's a yeah. point that we have to listen to our bodies. And I think after you're sick, that's one of those points. I will also add that if he's dealing with any kind of brain fog or anything, um, injectable L-carnitine was super helpful for me. And um, Dante had suggested ubiquinol, uh, coenzyme Q10, uh, for, for heart inflammation, for basically heart remodeling for me. And when I started using that, I noticed that I started feeling a lot better, a lot faster. And I'm running it at a high dose. I'm still using 400 milligrams of ubiquinol a day. Nice. It's good. I, I, it was a good question you actually made. So I came back from Arizona sick. Yeah, like sick enough that I have not been in the gym since I got back. Oh, no and kidding. today I went and did cardio and I literally went in. I was like, we'll see how this goes. You know, so I started the cardio at 3.2 miles an hour on a 3% incline. And I just kicked it up a percent every five minutes to yeah. see. Um, got up to 8% incline. And I was fine. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go touch chest, see how that goes. Because we're shooting with Mutant Friday. Mm. So I'm like, I'm both trying to make sure I'm ready to train, but also don't push too early. And I did five sets of chest and left. Yeah. So I was like, all right, the, the wind was like, I could still tell the breathing. I'd get done with a set, you know, and I was like, you're kind of waiting for the next one. I'm like, I'm still breathing hard. Fuck, mm. I'm still breathing hard. I was like, all right, that's probably enough. So that's how I play it out is based on lungs and a lot of stuff. They'll, they'll tell you where you're at, you know. Because the strength was fine, but the lungs after each attempt, I was like, okay, we'll come back tomorrow, see where we're at. 
I'm going to be the same thing. I'm going to do like shoulders. I definitely would do like you said, Scott, I wouldn't go in with a plan. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, just go in and train. Even if it's one body part, like I didn't know I wasn't going to leave the Smith machine today, but I didn't. I was like, all right, that's good. I got a pump. Let's roll. I mean, I wanted to make sure I was full in my green shirt for the ex for the episode. And <laughs> nice, I am, nice, so nice. We're good. It worked. <laughs> and I think I think a big part of that too is what you said. See where we're at that next day, right? You know, mm-hmm. that'll tell you a lot because I found for me and having gotten real sick that it was like even when I got to the point I could get good workouts in, I might be wrecked, like just wrecked the next day. And you know, versus now I'm doing pretty good with it. But you know, that that would be my thought. Don't just you know, don't just push through. All right. Next question. Do you believe in depletion training on a peak week? I don't really use the term. I don't use that term. I don't really. Yeah. I don't use that term ever. I, um, I tell people to train pretty normally. Um, I maybe tell them to stop going to failure the last week. Maybe some guys I tell them to train normally. And then it's like, Thursday, I tell them like, okay, today's your last day. Just like get a pump and move some blood around. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I don't really use the, I don't change workouts. Whatever, put the muscle right. there, keep it there. Try to keep loading things so that they don't leave your body. You got to load, load the muscle so it stays. And I just back off on like the tear down, you know, like, you know, going in and smashing stuff. I just say, okay, like you're a week out now. Let's just like kiss failure on a couple sets and, just right. you know, get some good, but the, I think it's still important to like keep your training pretty normal. I don't like changing a bunch of stuff. You know, the only time I would tell someone, for example, Jaws, when he went up after the Van Pro, he ate himself up to 192 by Monday. And then he wanted to do Chicago on Friday and he had to lose 12 pounds. So for him, I was like, okay, let's, let's, pump more volume, like do extra sets. Yeah. Like you've you got like calories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to burn all this glycogen off. Like, but I don't normally do that with people. Yeah. Yeah. I might. You s- I think it varies for me though. I, I, yeah. and I don't call it, I might call it a depletion workout, but my goal is just basically to maybe not, not have somebody pushing as hard, you know? Right. Something right. like that. Uh, there we go. Do I should do you think I should train when I don't feel it? Just don't feel the gym at all these days. Well, sometimes a lack of motivation is a sign. Of, a lack of motivation is a psychological symptom of overtraining. Yeah. Um, and that happens with all athletes. If the motivation, you have to be able to tell, okay, is this just me not having motivation and it's and I have to just kick in my discipline, Right. You know, like during contest prep or something, you might have a week where you just, you're running on discipline, but Mm. then there's also like where you like are like performance inhibited and lacking motivation, you know, and strength is down and like, you know, it can be an an added symptom of you need rest. You need some time away from the gym to reassess like, okay, I really want to get back in there. Sometimes the best thing to do is take three, four days off and you're like, fuck, I just want to get in the gym. Right. So yeah, something like that. I just went four days without training. So when I got off the plane yesterday, I was like, I I didn't have much time, right? I had a very small window of time when I got off the plane and I went to the gym and I pounded chest and biceps in like 40 minutes. And I was like, oh God, that felt good. Just like reset, (laughs) you know? 
Dusty caught that just in time. Very just speed. in time. Mute speed high for sure. Oh, just two hoes rambling, walking in. That's what happens in my house. Anyways, they're young ones. It's fine. Two I don't know if all parents call their kids hoes. I don't know. I'm thinking not. Anyway. Probably not. A little bit That's of a relaxed weird. terminology around your house. <laughs> I just, you know, it is what it your is. House, your house is unique it, circumstances, Dusty. You don't live like everyone else. I don't want to. That's for sure. Let's see here. No, it's not flat. I don't know what that is. But, uh, no. This is one of those things. When cutting, should I try to cut down on mainly carbs until I'm fully depleted, then carb up? Oh. Does he mean what like, does that mean? He means cutting carbs out, like cut down using your carb intake as your like your cutting factor. I think is what I took from it. Yeah, maybe. You only you you, you should only have your carbs as low as they have to be to lose weight. Yeah, yeah. Like you want to eat you want to eat the most you can eat, and still get leaner. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. You know, you don't have to deplete down to nothing. Like, you know, I had a client tell me, one of my guys that competed on the weekend, he's, uh, he was like, yeah, this prep was so much easier than last prep. I was feeling like guilty, but he's in better condition. It's far better. Right. And he's like, you know, like last, last year was miserable. And this year, I think the lowest I went was 100 grams of carbs for like a few days. Right. And I was like, yeah, you're just, you got more muscle, you're bigger, you know, you started leaner, you know. Preps, to, preps aren't always progressively worse. True. You know? Sometimes that, that is a mind screw, though. I've, I've had that before, screw. too, where you're like, you, and you ignore the pictures, even though you see them. It's yeah, like, like, I shouldn't be eating this uh, much. Yeah. I'm, why am I not hating life currently? That's not good. Yeah. It can't be good. The other guy's got to be hating life more than me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to do, we got one more that I, that I thought was good, and I answered it already. Um, but uh, I want to see what I, I literally, you know, I put this, these question boxes up and the plan is to answer them later. And this one I answered immediately because it's just something that's bothering my soul currently. How to know when the body needs a refeed slash a maintenance break while cutting. Um, well, keyword needs, needs. <laughs> well, Needs? I don't know. Is this a trick question, Dusty? Are you gonna make fun no, of my I, answer? No, <laughs> I just. I mean, it was just funny because the. I mean, I'll just tell you what I said and then go from there. I said the true answer is it doesn't. Refeeds have become a fad that I don't think are needed. <clears throat> if you want to get nasty sliced, don't plan on them. If your body shows that it needs something, give it to it. Like I do right. think that that's the problem now. Is like the people are starting a prep and they're saying like, I wonder when I'm gonna need a refeed, and. The word refeed nowadays means pizza and beer and, you know, whatever. I'm not being literal. It's like it could mean, okay, you know what, today have 200 extra gram, grams of rice. Yeah. Like, it, you know what I'm saying? The word refeed now symbolizes cheeseburgers and junk. Um, and, and I just – I think that guys were getting more peeled when we – back in the day, it used to be nothing ever went back up. Like, and I'm not saying that's better, but it is true. It was like when the, cardio, off, yeah. when the cardio went up, it never came back down. When the food went right, down, right. it never came back up. It only got Perpetual worse. Your rising. entire prep 
just yeah. got fucking worse. Um, and I, I'm not saying that that's necessarily right, necessarily right, but it's um, it definitely fucking worked. You got but the sliced. mentality certainly produced a lot of sliced bodybuilders. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think if yeah. you if you look, I mean, truthfully, and I I hate to make this a country thing, but if you look overseas. I think there's a lot less refeeds going on in England than there are in the United States. Hmm. And when you go to an amateur bodybuilding show there, motherfuckers are sliced. They just are. What and do you I mean, want? What do you want? To be in really good shape or a burger? You know, I have yeah. to I have to think that to myself at times. I think we all do, you know, because it's easy to lose that perspective when you're real hungry. You know what I mean? But right. yeah. it's that instant gratification. I just don't think yeah. that they necessarily make you that much better. Um, yeah. And, also, and again, I've had many during my career, so it's not like I'm like taking a stand here. I mean, <laughs> like we just talked about. I mean, Chris had there were three days in a row one prep um, that I had cheeseburgers and fries, and the third day I didn't even want to do it. I was like, this doesn't seem right because um, it it did. It felt wrong to be eating that way during a prep, and like Ron said, I was peeled, and it he. Chris didn't just suddenly decide to be a nice guy. It's not his fucking job. Um, But I do think that most competitors could remove them or, or definitely cut them way back and be better than they are. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, 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 I tell most people, like I have a lot of people ask, like, what's your stance on refeeds, you know, before they hire you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a sales pitch. And I go part of it, right? Yeah. Sales pitch now. And I said, listen, I, go, I just had a classic guy who went from 240 to his weight cap of 180 in like 24 weeks without a single high day. But then between the first time he hit 180 and his third show, he probably had 10 high days. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Because you have to get the fat off first. If you're starting your prep at 250 and you're going to be 205 on stage shredded, you don't need a refeed at 240. And you right. certainly don't need a refeed at 235. You're still losing like big chunks of the kidney fat and butt fat and like all this stuff. Like you have to be able to like see all the muscles on your body. Like, oh, the corner of your glute is like there and you've got fibers in the side chest on your glute and your quads are striating. Like, okay, now we can look at like, what to do to maximize this muscle mass with the time we have left and should we refeed you or not. Like that's how I see them. I tell people get ready for the first half of your diet to be like, I'm not being nice. Yeah. Right. The first half of your diet, you're going to diet for like th- like two, three months straight. And you're going to wonder like, am I ever going to get a refeed? And then once you start to look really fucking good, we'll start to look at like, you know, that's sort of see, that's how Chris always treated me. Like, I think I did 10 weeks like straight. And then Chris was like, oh, shoot, let's uh, fill you out. And I was like, oh, okay. Do this now. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, but you got to get a lot of fat off before you need a refeed. It is a sales pitch now, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, my clients eat all this food, all this junk food and, and you know, and, and, and I think it works too. And, and yeah. at the end of the day, you know, people want to believe there's an easier way. People want to believe it's- it. That bothers me, though, because there used to be it's, you know, it, it used to be what was the best way. That was the only thing you cared about. Like, what is the best way to get sliced? And now it's it's there's stands against it. Yeah. You don't have to do you don't have to do all that. And I'm like, right. But is your way better? Because if you're not telling me it's better, I don't give a shit. 
like if 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 you know white fish and green beans gets me in a better contest shape it's fucking 12 weeks i'm down i can do anything for 12 weeks <laughs> yeah i've always mm, said so. that yeah, 12 weeks is nothing there's two types of people i've always said that there's the people who will ask what more can i do and the people who ask what more can i get away with right yes very that's true. great that's a good quote scott thank you Make that, that on that Make that into a meme or something, you know. Let's finish on that with me, like the mountain, like looking up, looking over. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's leave let's leave everybody to dwell on the philosophical proposition of that question. <laughs> Which competitor are you? What more can I do, or what more can I get away with? Okay. Wow. I'm a retired one. <laughs> I love it. Okay, we'll end it. That's enough of us talking. Hey, well, enough of me talking. Just like that. Just cut it right there, Scott. <laughs> they hate when we do that. <laughs> that sounds good. Let's do that. Okay. Uh, thanks, everybody. Remember, like, share, subscribe, comment. Ring the bell. And remember... Yeah, ring the bell and ask questions. And remember, Mutant is supporting the show. Uh, IamMutant.com. Go check it out. It's North American code you can use. Uh, Big Ron 20. Dusty 20. And Dusty 20. So enter either one of those codes. They both work. Maybe not. Mine gets you faster well, delivery. Mine, 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 um. mine, mine works better. <laughs> But I also do have to thank the people that have been using my code because I get an email every time someone uses it. Yeah, and since yeah. the show got sponsored, I've noticed a massive uptick awesome. in the e number of emails I get Very of my good. code being used. Very good. So it's 20% off. appreciate it. Yeah, it's 20% off. So go, you know, fuck. We are desperately trying to prove that we're worth something to mutants so they don't <laughs> leave us in anything. <laughs> and um, I will see you this Wednesday in Vegas. Hey, Dusty. Oh, yes, sir. I leave at seven in the morning. Are we so recording look, next week or what's going on? Are you guys going to be oh, back? Yeah, we got the movie back. Okay. okay. So um, one question. I saw on the schedule that we shoot together on Friday, correct? Yes. Yes. What are we going to train? We have a training schedule, which I don't know. But more importantly, we have an eating mission. Oh. Well, the eating problem, I can't wait. I can't wait yeah. for that. I just That's need to exciting. know what body part has to be adequately recovered in order for me to train with you. Um, I was going to do legs you know today. Gonna, you can, you can call it. I'm going to let you call it. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. You're going to call okay. it because I'm not training you anything between now and then. So other than I'll oh, like touch of shoulders tomorrow. Remember? Cause I'm still, I'm trying to get yeah, better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Perfect. I'm going to go do legs today and I'll have pretty much everything will be ready if you want. So we can talk about it. Once we get to Vegas Wednesday night, Wednesday night on the schedule, I arrive Wednesday and then Wednesday night on the schedule, it just says driving range. Nice. Yes. We're going, we're going, so we're going to, yeah. And, and it doesn't say this yet, but I'm, uh, I'm, we're, you're smoking a cigar that you've never had before. <laughs> oh, awesome. I'm having them, I'm having them shipped to uh, the dragon's lair. So nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, I have one request. You guys. Yes. Sent gave me one picture when you went to LA, uh, and that picture was used for uh, several uh, uh, thumbnails. And when I had that new picture, we literally got like twice as many views on that episode. So 
I'm requesting another picture since you guys are going to be together. Maybe Do your best. Too. Do your best. We'll both we'll get, get one with cigars. One. We'll get one with cigars. How's that? We'll get a nice, cigar one. Nice. How do you hold a cigar, Dusty? Do you have to hold it like this, or do you hold it like this? Oh, you can do either. Yeah, it's either. It's all. T- it's your technique. You don't have to be For like sure. like like Colombian. By, by the by the end, man. If I really enjoy it, I'm like roach clipping that shit. Just like <laughs> I take right, that okay. thing all the way down. Okay. Okay. I will get a cigar pick. We'll get a, a food pick. We'll get some in the and gym, gym picks. Pick. There you go. Yeah, It'll be pick. good. There you go. Perfect. Okay, so uh, Wednesday to Saturday, me and Dusty, Jamie the Giant, nice, Andrea yeah. Shaw, we got yeah. a bunch of people joining us, and our new, still kind of secret, yes. signed athlete, Ooh. who's going to be our big announcement. Nice. Once yeah, this individual's been secretly signed for like a month, so it's a little yeah, crazy. Yeah, they Holy just shit. haven't used him yet. Because they're trying, they wanted to get some real nice graphics done and like do it right. So um, we can't wait to announce that guy. He's going to be a great part of the mutant team, and Dusty and I are going to love having him around. So thanks for um, having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Excited. Oh, I, 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 I let the I let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thanks, everybody, and remember, it's just bodybuilding. 